strong customer service and communication skills can earn you and your business loyal guests and clients, as well as respect. On the other hand, weak skills in this area can cost you, well, everything. If customer service and communication skills can make or break success so easily, surely every company is taking the time to train their employees accordingly, right? Um, I think we can all say for certain that this is not the case. Well, friends, I have some good news. The doctor is in. Today in the Courtesy Block, I am joined by Nancy Friedman, who is founder and chairman of Telephone Doctor Customer Service Training. Nancy diagnoses problems and prescribes solutions for companies of all types and sizes, transitioning easily from giving live presentations to fun-filled, fast-paced Zoom programs. Nancy is the, also the author of nine books covering communications, sales, and customer service. She has infiltrated the hospitality industry over the years, which is no surprise, and rightly so. With so much turnover in our industry, her tips, ideas, skills, and techniques last the test of time. So, are you making any critical mistakes in your daily interactions? Keep listening to find out. I'm Jen Salerno, and this is The Courtesy Block, a chip off the room block podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Today, we have with us Nancy Friedman, the telephone doctor. Nancy, welcome to the show. The world's only telephone doctor. Uh, yes. The, you know, world's only, but thank you. Yes, as you know, I always say when, when T Tucker Carlson greets people, you know, uh, thanks for being on the show, 100% of the time, the, the, uh, the, the guest always says, well, thank you for having me. So it's, it's sort of like something you want to say, but you know, it's sort of like trite, but I am excited to be here. I've listened to some of your podcasts. You're very good. Your guests are awesome. I hope I can meet up to your expectations, but we do have such a history in the hospitality industry. And I, what I'm hoping, in fact, I'll post on some of the social, uh, is to say, if you're, if you're, in, if you've been in my life in the past, you know, hundred years, <laughs> I'd love to, well, because I met such fabulous people, and they do transfer around from place to place, and I oh, lose yes. track of them. Uh, anyway, thank you. I'm glad I'm here, too. Oh, excellent. Well, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned your history with the hospitality industry. I mean, honestly, when we connected and I learned about all the different ways you have served, well, I mean, you serve so many different industries. I mean, customer service, which is kind of your thing, I mean, that's applicable to everybody, anyone who works in a company, right? But I mean, talk about your hospitality industry. We exist to serve people that that is the purpose, right? <laughs> yeah. It, and that is, I, I don't think you and I would be talking if, if there wasn't a hospitality industry. It started, quote, my career, if you will. I mean, it's it just an entree into a world that I had, anybody adores. You know, it's not always the highest paying job in the industry, right? but it's, it's sort of like school teachers or, or, you know, people that really are do a good job and it's just a fun industry the people are awesome i have never met that i can recall anybody i did not enjoy in the hospitality industry and that goes from meeting planners to exhibitors to uh, convention whatever it yeah they're just they all for they got the dna that you have because i like you i mean it just, it's just <laughs> well, it's whatever you. it is it's a dna that you need for the hospitality industry i 
I do think there is a special DNA. I totally agree because I, and, and all of my guests, we've all kind of said, you know, once you're in it, you're like, you're in it for life, right? You're sucked in because it does, it gets in your blood. Yeah, so advertising's like that too in the mm. advertising world. So, but I totally get it and I'm excited to be here and I'll answer whatever questions this happens. As I told you my weight, so we won't go into that. We, we, we don't have to go there. That's totally okay. fine. But um, so here's the thing. I mean, there's there's a lot that we could cover and, and you know, very broad topics like we talked about as far as customer service, um, you know, different communication skills. But let's start. I, I always like to start with your story. You yeah. know, how just let's tell the audience who you are. What is the telephone doctor? and How did you become the telephone doctor? It is a fun story, and I love telling it. It is, however, a good hour story. I oh. won't take an hour, I promise. <laughs> I will I will edit it down to three or four minutes, I promise, uh, thereby saying I'm leaving some of the, I'll take the fat off and leave the meat in. Does that work for you? Oh, yes. Okay. So my husband and I have worked together 24-7, uh, 365 forever, and we've had five startup businesses. And bottom line, I was working the one in his advertising business at uh, late, I forget when. Anyway, bottom line, I was working there and I had to call my insurance agent. So I picked up the phone and I called, they answered and I said, hi, it's Nancy Friedman over at Weatherline. Um, is Michael, Michael there? No, he's not here. Can I help you? Yeah, you can. So I asked my question. She said, gee, I have no idea. I said, well, is is there somebody else that they have me? She said, well, Barbara's here. Okay, well, let me talk to Barbara. Hi, Barbara, I'm Nancy Friedman, yada, yada, yada. Question asked, I'm new. Really? That's why you're stupid. Okay. So I didn't say that. That's what I was thinking. Well, right, so, you're frustrated. Third question, not answered. And I just thought, that's it, that's it. I, I was so frustrated. So I called Michael the next day. I said, cancel all my policies. He said, my gosh, what happened? I said, your people stink. <laughs> That's what I said. Your people think they're so rude, they're so abrasive, they're so unpleasant, they're so unhelpful, and I don't want to be treated like that anymore. He said, well, when I call your office, you're right, I'm treated like a king and I'm not even a customer. He said, well, come on over and show my guys what you guys do. So I did. I went over there and I, 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 I don't think there were 12 people in the audience, 12, the staff at 12. I said, we say please, we say thank you, we say you're what, we smile, we're happy, we find out. Uh, just what I, I don't think I spoke Jennifer, 20 minutes, and I had a cup of coffee and I started to leave. The president of the agency, of the insurance agency, said, wait a minute, Nancy, said, what's wrong? He's one of the things wrong, I just want to thank you. I said, well, you're welcome. He says, no, 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 you don't <laughs> understand. We really learned some new things. Wow. So I came mm -hmm. home and I told my husband, Dick, what happened. I said, Dick, at the end, he said, thank you very much. We really learned some new things, things that, that you and I do, like, Breathing in and breathing out, I don't understand. And Dick said to me, don't ever be surprised. Nobody's ever shown them. Well, we went out to dinner that night with the publisher of the newspaper in Davenport, Iowa. And what do you talk about when you take a client out to dinner? The hospitality people know you talk about what you did that day. So yep. the guy says to me, what'd you do today? I said, well, I told him about calling Michael and canceling the policies and the whole story. And I didn't think much about it. <laughs> and I came to my office the next morning. My phone was ringing. It was the general manager from the newspaper, publisher, general manager, whatever it was, from the newspaper. And he said, I, uh, I've been thinking about what we talked about last night at dinner. And you're right. From president to, to, to maintenance, you should be trained on the telephone. Would you please come to my, my newspaper and train my people? I said, sure, Bob. How many people do you have, dear? He said, 300. Oh. <laughs> 
I turned to my husband, I said, now look what you got me into. Well, I happened to have married the can-do man, and the can-do man said, you can do it, Nancy. So I sat down and I wrote a program, flew up to Davenport, delivered the first program to all the managers of the Quad City Times in, in Davenport, Iowa. And when I was done, it was a four-hour program, when I was done, the editor of the, pro of the newspaper came over and he stuck his finger in my face. He said, hmm, you're very good. You have all the cures. I'm going to call you the telephone doctor. Oh. And I came running home to Dick. I said, Dick, somebody called me the telephone doctor. What'll we do? And Dick said, let's go get it registered. We're going to have some fun. Wow. I love that. I mean, it just happened so yeah. seamlessly, you know, just based on what you knew. And I mean, can't even imagine that first program you're designing for 300 people. And then it just took for off. For hours. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. But look at that. Well, and. Now the business you mentioned that you worked with your husband for all all many several businesses and then your current business also your your children are managing part of it as well correct it's a small family owned business total is twenty people you got mother father daughter son uh, about a year ago I said to my son I'm going to step back and just be the pretty face and just do fun things and help people where I can and do on site programs. And I need you to be president. You get, it's not you get tired, but there comes a time where hiring and firing and making all those decisions. I wanted him to take it. I want him to have the experience. So David has done a, a fabulous job. He created a, a platform, e-learning platform called serviceskills.com with an S, serviceskills.com. And that's been running the boat. That's what runs the boat of Telephone Doctor now. The little partition that I run of which is now Zoom programs, uh, is fun, and I get to, again, still stay in the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and he's just doing a bang-up job. So it's, we've got two buildings. We've got sales in one building and client services in another. And then COVID hit, and, well, we may, may make it one building. I don't know. That's another story. <laughs> yeah, everyone's still trying to figure out their, uh, yeah. their spaces there. Okay, so let's dig into the meat of what you talk about. Um, and so, I mean, there's, like I said, there's a variety of topics. I mean, the, the programs that you offer, you know, we've got names like the Golden Nuggets of Customer Service and Sales. You've got uh, Hell Hath No Fury, like a customer scorned. I mean, these are awesome programs that you offer. So I tried to figure out how to break them down into little bite-sized sections without giving away all of your secrets, but let's just focus first of all, because I feel like this applies to everybody and that would be customer service. You're right. I don't know of a, yeah, I don't know of an of a industry that does isn't touched by it. You know, it's funny, oddly enough, the better a company is, the more training they want. Mm. The people who are down at the bottom of the list, now we don't need customer service training. Yeah, you do, but that's hard to tell somebody. You know, you, you need customer service training. So I would say close to 100% of my business is repeat and referral, which I'm blessed, blessed to have. Uh, not to pick on the hospitality industry, because of the turnover in this industry, uh, training becomes a top priority in Often cases it's not, uh, in often cases it is. I had the opportunity and talk about the, the properties around. Uh, years ago, I had a uh, client call up. She was in Las Vegas at one of the major properties in Las Vegas. She's Nancy, we're a, a four-star hotel and I'd like to have you come out and make us a five-star. Well, mm -hmm. wow, what a compliment. And we out and we did, I think, two or three programs for them. 
and uh, it became a five-star property. Oh my gosh. So, and it's not just because of us, because there was a passion and the people wanted to be good. You know, nobody wakes up and say, I want to be bad today. I hate everybody, <laughs> you know. But what we have is plain old common sense, Jennifer. It's, it is, yes, I'm selling common sense. That's what we, that's what we share. But common sense, is, as you know it, is just not so common today. What's the biggest mistake in customer service? I don't even need to think about it. It's probably not being friendly enough. Hmm. And that encompasses a lot, of course. Uh, it's just not being, it's, it's not smiling and not being friendly enough. Now, that's not the only thing that's needed. And the other thing I need to bring out while you're on that topic, the saying, the customer is always right, is a misnomer. It should be the customer always thinks they're right. Hmm. And I got story after story where I was wrong and I thought I was right. So you just got to settle in and say, this person really thinks they're right, but I'm not going to tell them he or she is wrong. I can explain how we arrived at that. I mean, there's communications here. I've got a, you can't see it, but I've got a wonderful book here. So this says how to say it. Just a book. Because there are a dozen ways to say it. Example. My father was a wise man, and he used to say, Nancy, you can tell somebody go to go to hell with a smile, and they will ask for directions. So <laughs> I don't, I've never said that to anybody, but the, the, what he meant was, it's how you say something. I totally agree with you. There's ways to turn people down. I mean, the word no is not allowed a telephone doctor. You, you couldn't pay my people to say that word. You could not, you could not pay that people. They will, I mean, we've got three or four alternatives. I'd be happy to share a couple, but. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if somebody called up and, and asked a question and the answer was a negative, they would say, I wish we could, I wish we did, tell me more. Or something to the effect that I'm here to help just because we don't have it in widgets or blue or whatever you want. You want to hear my hotel horror story? Of course. So I forget what city it was in. It was just a smaller hotel. It wasn't, you know, one of the big top four or five. It, was a, it wasn't a Holiday Inn, but it was in that realm. And I walked in. Dick and I come in at night. We're late. And I said, reservation. She's your name. I said, Nancy Friedman. She said, we're filled. We're sold out. I said, well, I have my reservation here. Here's my reservation, number 402605. She said, well, we're sold out. I said, but I got a reservation. And all she kept saying was, well, we're sold out. I said, but I have a reservation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we weren't communicating, talking about communication. What's the solution? <laughs> and I, she said, I'm sorry, I can make a, a, I can get your room probably down the street, a couple blocks down. I said, my program's here at this hotel. I, I, they got a room for me. I got a confirmation. I don't understand it. She said, I'm so sorry. We just don't have a room. I said, well, let me ask you a question. If the president of the United States of America were to walk in here and need a room, would you have one? She said, well, of course. I said, well, he's not coming. Let me have his. <laughs> Consider me the president for today. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. But anyway, voila, she found a room. Interesting. I don't know how, I don't know how that game is played. I don't want to know. Well, uh, I'm sure my audience could tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I see your point in what you're saying is there's many different ways to arrive at an answer and just that you know the brick wall is not one of them exactly and that's a i've never heard that phrase but that's excellent yeah don't let your customers hit a brick wall i love that oh look maybe i could be a telephone be me. doctor in training <laughs> <laughs> you could be the nurse oh yes i love it well and i mean 
another aspect that I know you talk about a lot in pertaining to customer service is how much business is lost with poor customer service. You know, and I'm thinking I'm about it. I'm thinking about in terms, you know, if we're going to talk about this industry, you know, the amount of people that that call up, you know, want to book a room or or want to, you know, I mean, restaurants, anything. I mean, yeah, convention so of visitors bureaus. I mean, the the meeting planner calls up and says, "Hey, we're coming to Philadelphia. You know, is I need good places to eat." I mean, that welcoming arm, that that hand that has to be extended, often is not there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what what you're saying, what we talked about before, and you said they're just not friendly enough. I mean, that's what's one of the biggest yeah. problems. I, I'm sorry, but that seems like a very basic. <laughs> all of our, why all why of our is that fault. so hard for people? You know, the hospitality industry is the, the top level people are, are excellent. That's why they got up there. That's mm-hmm. why they got there. But do they call their own locations? Do they call their own departments? Do they call, do they, do they, you know, one of the things I used to say when I was speaking is, how many of you have ever called up and asked for yourself a service or a product, hmm. you know, to see how your customers are handled? And, you know, I, everybody, nobody ever did it. And I said, well, that's your first assignment from the telephone doctor. you got to find out what's going on. Ask for yourself. Or have somebody do it for you. If you have, you know, people have accents and very recognizable voices. Uh, but that's that's an overlooked area of calling yourself. And, and it doesn't have to be a hotel. It could be a conventions visitors bureau. It could be exhibitors. It could be, I mean, we're losing. You ask how much business we're losing? Untold billions. Untold billions with the amount of business that's being lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dick went into Walmart long before COVID. And he said, I just came home empty-handed. I said, where's everything? He says, well, it's in the cart by the checkout counter. That's why. <laughs> he says, I was standing in line behind a woman who had a lot of stuff, and they had three Walmart employees handling this one person. And he said, I just, I couldn't stand it. He, and there had to be three, $400 in the, in, the, in the cart. As what happens when you go into a place like that, right? <laughs> you go in for one thing, for a loaf of bread, and you walk out with three or four hundred dollars <laughs> or in in your husband's case nothing because he was frustrated right. with what he, was going on he was willing to leave all that there and go mm-hmm. shopping somewhere else yeah and that's how people get what i call the red x on them i mean there's a, there's a restaurant that we haven't been to in 20 25 years because of how we were treated one time by right. one person and it left that impression we said we just don't want to go back to that restaurant anymore well, and you know what the thing is about in today's world that what makes that so dangerous is that you go online and put that in a review, you know, that one yeah. bad experience you had, you could have been a super loyal customer for your whole life. And then we have the bad experience, put it in a review, and now you are not a customer. And, you know, how many other people read that review and then say, "Ooh, I'm not going to try it either. I have an issue. I've never put a bad review online and I could have, but I have an issue with reviews because they are totally perceptive to the person. So and here's the, here's the kicker that people forget. Most of those reviews are written 24 hours or more after the event. There is no way in God's green earth that you can recreate an exact replica of a conversation that happened 24 hours ago. There is no way, unless it's only one word and somebody tells you to go do something, you know. <laughs> right, But <laughs> true. If, so I, I don't pay any attention unless it's 100% one way or the other. 
Well, you know, and so this is a really good segue into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, um, because you're talking basically about, you know, communication skills, right? I mean, the way that people think about things, their perception of things, the way they remember things, and then the way they communicate them accordingly. Right, right, right. And so I was thinking when you were talking about someone within their own company, their own hotel, their own restaurant, their own convention bureau, whatever it may be, taking, trying to take their customer's journey and going through the process um, and learning what it's like to, to be one of their customers, listening to how things are handled within their own business. So then once they go through that journey, maybe they find some areas of opportunity. Oh, wow, you know, I wasn't treated very well on the phone. Our customer service could improve in this area. So then what is the next step for that manager or that, you know, that general manager or whoever that might be? Like, wh what can they do then within their own company to try to make these improvements? Well, like anything, people just don't pick up a computer. If you've never seen a computer, what do you have to be? You have to be trained on it. You have somebody has to show you what to do. And mm -hmm. so it is with, with common sense customer service. So, you know, that's how I spent the last 30, 35 years of my life. And I, this is not a pitch to pick me, pick me, but because there are hundreds of training companies out there, you just Google training companies, whatever. But if you do try telephone doctor first or service skills, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Definitely first. Manage, management must speak the same language as employees. And uh, you know yourself, you hear horror stories. My manager stinks. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, it's not that he's a good, he may be a good leader, but he may have the wrong attitude. I don't know. It, it's hard to always be in a good mood every day. I know that. I know that. But that's a choice we make. We get up in the morning. We, we have a choice to make. Here comes the preacher. <laughs> and I do believe that when your eyes open, your feet hit the floor. I mean, my father told me, you got to decide right now, Nancy, when your feet hit the floor, is this going to be a fun day or a bad day? Oh, it could be a fun day. And so that's how I start out. Now, does the SH pop up every once in a while? Sure it does. Yeah. It, here's the thing that's really fascinating about this topic and what you're saying is that you said common sense customer service. It seems like it should be common sense. Like I feel like a lot of us go into the go into that thought with, you know, it's just something that people should know how to do. But then to your point, if you don't show someone actually how to do it, maybe they don't know. But like, so why are we all assuming that it's something that just comes naturally when actually it doesn't? I mean, it's, You're right. it's just it's a strange you make thing. A very, you make a very good point. We spend, if you got kids, you spend half of your life saying, say please, say thank you, say please, say you're welcome, tell the lady, and then. What happens? I mean, so we know it's there. Oh, I do have a funny story about a Vegas, uh, not a Vegas, a uh, Atlantic City hotel. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Oh, okay. I uh, love stories. <laughs> well, I went into a, a hotel. I don't like. To, I don't throw anybody on the bus, so I'm not going to mention what it is. All right. And and the service from the doorman to the check-in to anything I touched was on the one to ten, one being bad, was below one. I mean, it it was mm. like non-existent. But that, that triggers me to find out, find out what happened. So I'm walking the halls, and there wasn't a soul to be found, and I finally saw somebody with a uniform on, a little captain or a, you know whatever he was in the hotel, badge and everything. I said, excuse me, you have a moment? Yes, ma'am, what's up? I said, I don't want to be rude, but ever since I walked in this hotel, the, I mean, the service has just gone down. It's just not what it used to be. It's, it's not very good. And without missing a beat, he says to me, well, we had to let... 400 people go. And I said, without missing a beat, I think you let the wrong 400 go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is letting people go 
have to do with giving good customer service. Oh my gosh. It's an opportunity to say, hey, you're the less the other 400, we're gonna make you great. So it boggled my mind, but that was years ago and it never left my mind as to, he was saying, well, that's why we're bad because we didn't let so many people go. Well, and you know what? Here's the thing about what's happening right now in in the world, right? You, you, do, you have a ton of companies, hotels, restaurants, whatever, in the same exact position where they are working with the skeleton crew and right. all of a sudden you're going to have more people come in the door as things start to recover more. And right. A, are the people that are still working, are they trained Trained. to deal with you know with everybody who is you know in this particularly difficult time i mean people who are willing to travel and willing to go out to restaurants i mean they're taking a risk and so if they're going like they expect to be treated in a very great way it doesn't matter if there's only two people working i mean those two people need to be doing what they need to do to try to retain that business you're right people are using COVID as an excuse and that's just what it is. It's an excuse to get bad ser- get to deliver bad customer service. It's not it shouldn't be. No. Well, and then the other problem is or the other thing to consider I suppose is that now as you know things start to recover and now you're hiring more people back, you know something yeah. that I think there's something that's come up on this show before and that's interesting an interesting thought is that you have industry veterans, people with years years right of great customer great service skills right? and training who have left, sadly, left the industry because they had no other choice. Um, and so now you have a lot of new people coming in. So everyone listening, <laughs> keep in mind that as you bring in new people, new employees, people that are new to hospitality, they're going to need to be trained. <laughs> they're going to be need to be trained on how to and deal with And you can with use those veterans customers. to be the trainers. I mean, those veterans who are so good, bring them on and, and let them help. Yes, I'd love to help, but there's so many good people in your industry. I mean, think of a concierge at a hotel. I mean, my, I used to run ads, must have concierge mentality. I mean, those Ooh. people don't, they don't know the word no. I mean, it, and if you've ever been a that's in the I was, that's how I started, it? yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, well, you're a perfect example. My guess is you always had a plan B. You always found a way. And worst case scenario, you didn't. You had the right words to let somebody down, with a, whether it was a glass of champagne or a bottle of champagne or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an art, not a science. You're very good. I mean, that's if you started out in concierge, no wonder you're having such a success. <laughs> oh well, thank you. All right, let's go on to another area, and that would be you know another form of communication, right? You know, we're talking right. about how managers can communicate down to their employees about the importance of a customer service. But so now you've got the written communication as well that a lot of people are responsible for email in particular. Mm. So, which, you know, it's funny because phone <laughs> seems to be, it's still, it's more important than ever because people, when, when you really need something, that's when you really need to get on the phone. But we are defaulting to email quite a bit more these days. I know I'm guilty of that. So Nancy, what are some major mistakes that people make in email or what are some major opportunities <laughs> that we use in our email communication these days? Well, that's interesting. One of our most popular programs on service skills, which is our online platform, is email errors. So the number one complaint, whatever, I don't can't think of the right word right now, on email is, I usually do a drum roll and say, who wants to guess? And there's a prize, but is poor spelling and poor grammar. 
I am amazed, appalled at the number of leaders in this country, either on social media or in an email, that use the wrong your, the wrong there, the wrong to. I mean, the list goes on. So my my wave, I, when in doubt, leave it out. Okay, I've got a word that I can never, is it accept or accept? We all have a word that gets us, that just we don't know. So go to another word. I mean, just figure out something else. <laughs> don't spend time screwing around with a word that's going to make you look bad. Because yeah. when, you, when you use the wrong your, and you don't edit it out of social, or you use it on an email, and it, you don't proof it, I, I don't like this word, but there's no other word I know. You don't look very smart. That's all. You just don't look smart. As the kids say, it's cringeworthy. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, it is cringeworthy. Uh, and it, it not only that, to me, it pops out. I mean, you could have the most beautiful letter in the world and get the wrong your. And it's like, this whole, this spoils the whole letter. And I know I'm taking it to the extreme, but yeah. I get what you're saying, though. I mean, yeah. I I notice those things. If I, if I catch myself by horrible accident doing it, I just want to die yeah, <laughs> I, I, very, I hold myself to a high standard when it comes to that and it's i good for I you it, it's embarrassing well you know on social and most of us most of the social allows you to edit something so good lord if you see a mistake you can edit it email once it's gone kiss it goodbye that's true <laughs> it, it isn't necessary i mean you can all get around that you can all get around that so those are the big two uh and also the the third one on on email errors is some people think they write. They should write the sequel to Gone with the Wind. They write the longest emails with more words than are ever necessary. And I tell my staff, you know, it's, emails are like makeup. The less, the better. I love that. And I think I'm guilty of the long emails. Oh, I mean, my old coworkers, too- I'm sorry. <laughs> and too I really many words. I, I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, the words that people put in. So... Anyway, that email is a huge part of our life today, yes. It is. And that's all really good advice. And you know, or hear it again, what is very striking to me about everything that you're talking about is this very easily rectified with just some attention. That's it. You know, just the smile, the smile in your voice, the double check in your grammar and your spelling, very, very basic skills, but like cause significant errors and mistakes right. for people. It's it's mind-boggling when you think about it. And they use the excuse, well, I was so busy. Well, don't be too busy to check an email. I mean, I have a, I, I forget to proof my emails to my daughter and to my good friends and my husband. I, I, I'm guilty. And Dick says, you're smarter than this. Did you see how you spelled this? Did you see the mistakes you made? I said, I want to say it's just you, but then what does that say about me to him? You know, I, I should have more respect for that. So He's brought me up to say, or brought me to thinking of, you know, I, I got to check better on, obviously, if I'm making a proposal or I'm sending to the, you know, the Queen of England or wherever, we were very close, Elizabeth yeah. and I, very close. Um, <laughs> but, we, you know, proofing is important. It is. I know the topics are, I'm so glad you're having fun, because what seems like common sense, and people have said to me, I didn't want to come to your program because I thought I knew it all, and yet we can bring out a point that maybe they didn't know. Absolutely. Or reinforce right. why it's so important and make such a big difference. Because I think it's something that people can easily get kind of lazy about, you know, and or let's, you know, let a bad day 
impact their mood at work. And then when you say, I need you to be in a good mood, and you have somebody who's like, well, I just can't do that today because I had a big problem at home. But think about the repercussions. If you just try to set that aside and do what you need to do when you're at work. Yeah, you're you're very you're wise beyond your years, as my mother used to say. We have a word that Dick invented, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, most of our most of our techniques are done over our vodka and a cocktail napkin because when we when we go out or we sit and have a drink, we talk about business, we create some tips. So he created a word called. I was doing something, and he said, Nancy, you're emotionally leaking. What do you mean? You're taking you're taking what happened yesterday with the grocery store out on me, and I don't deserve that. So we coined the phrase, and we got a whole video on emotional leakage. And don't you know? Don't take Peter out and pay Paul. You know, don't take it out on Peter when it's Paul's fault, whatever that is. That is um, so perfect. But we do it. At, we do it to our best friends, to our husbands, to our wives. We emotionally leak. But sometimes when when somebody leaks on us as a as a customer, that's why we don't go back. Yes. I had. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was rude to you, but I had a fight with my boyfriend. Well, was I there? <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Why was I there? (laughs) And you know what? Like, we have compassion for people, right? You know, like, I'm sorry you had a bad day, but like, you're right. We should not take that out on people. All right. Well, before we end, I just want to talk real quick about what was it like for you as the telephone doctor to go through 2020? I mean, so here you're telling me that you are the face of your business speaking and doing customer service in a world where obviously all that kind of stopped for a while, I'm guessing. (laughs) So at least the in-person aspect. So what was 2020 like for you? Well, you're talking to an optimist. Uh, There's words I've never used. I've never been bored. You won't catch me in a bad mood for more than 5, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, that's just how I was brought up. And I married a good guy, and I got good kids. So it wasn't as bad with the exception of, do you want me to share the final story? Yes, you want me to go to that? Okay. Um, well, when COVID hit last February, I told Dick, we're not going to go to the gym. Now, we've been going to a gym, the same gym, for 16 years, twice a week. I very seldom missed it unless we were out of town traveling. And we had a nice gym downstairs, so I went downstairs, I dusted everything off because we hadn't used it in a long time. And we started exercising at home. Well, during the exercise, I thought I, I, was, I wanted big, uh, nice, good, solid abs. So I got on a health rider, which is one of those you pull back and forth. And I did it, I thought I was 35 years old, and I did it a little too long and a little too strong. And the next week, I had the worst muscle problems. I couldn't walk. I mean, it ached. It was horrible. I called the doctor. Heat and ice. Heat and ice. That'll take care of it. Heat and ice. Heat and ice on it. Nothing. But went back. Went, went into her. I said, this isn't good. There's two weeks now. Muscles. Heat. Put more heat. Put more ice. Alternate. Alternate. Heat and ice. Heat and ice. Okay. Heat and ice. And the third week or the fourth week, whatever it was, I was with Dick. He went in for whatever he needed to go in for and I went with him. And I said, after you're done with Dick, I want you to tell me why my abs still hurt after four weeks of the thing. He says, why don't we get you an x-ray? Yeah, why don't we do that? So he sent me downstairs to an x-ray. Well, what I didn't know is you can't x-ray a muscle. So I get a call the next day is, well, we can't see the muscle, but you have an abnormal nodule on your lung. I said, excuse me? I don't know what an abnormal nodule She said, well, we'll have to biopsy it. So three days later, I'm getting a day, you know, day in, day out, what they call that same day surgery. And I get a biopsy, and Dick walks in. He says, well, it's stage one lung cancer. Oh, my goodness. You've got to be kidding me. No, get it out. Okay, three days later, 
They took out the top lobe and whatever, I keep calling them nymph lobes, but they're, what are they? Lymph nodes, lymph nodes, whatever they needed to take out. And as God willing, uh, 30 days later, the end of October, no chemo, no radiation, and no restrictions. The moral to that story is COVID saved my life. If COVID had not come, I would have been at the gym exercising properly with no muscle pain. I would have not have noted, because you don't, you don't find out about some of these things until it's stage four. Exactly. So they took it out. I'm feeling great. It's like surreal to me. Honest to gosh, I don't, people say, how are you feeling? I go, was I sick? I don't understand what happened. Does bad, do unfun things happen to me? Of course they do. Of course they do. But we just, we have, always have a plan B. And I, if that, you want to leave with anything, always have a plan B in your life for, for whatever you're planning. Because what is that thing? Man plans, God laughs. I don't mm. know, I've heard that saying somewhere. <laughs> So applicable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, COVID saved my life. It was my silver lining story. And thankfully, I hear a lot of silver lining stories lately, uh, whether it's about a life-saving thing or something. You look at all the people that got to buy houses. I mean, the, the rates went down. Mm-hmm. And those are nice silver linings. So somewhere in the, in the hospitality industry, I hope there's silver linings. It will come back. My heart goes out to, and I know so many people, sadly, that lost their jobs. But you're veterans of an industry, you all out there who have a plan B, there's something, if you're still young enough to work, there's something you could be doing to helping the industry. Yes, because we all love it so much. You do. So, <laughs> like we were saying, it's it really just gets in your blood. So It's addictive. I, I get yes. it. We want it to come back more than ever. Well, that is quite a story, Nancy. And I'm sorry that that happened to you, but thrilled Thank that you. you are, that, that, Thrill, you know. Sorry, yeah, but happy that over. it happened because obviously <laughs> yeah. it's it is that's a it's a wild, wild story and circumstance. So, but definitely a silver lining. It is a silver lining, and I just I don't dwell on it. it, it you know, look just look in the news. I don't know. So much anyway. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, and that that that's the takeaway is that you have to look for the good news, right? Look for the good stories. You should be, yeah, because it's there. Sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. Yeah. And if anybody wants to link it, very big on LinkedIn, link in with me. Oh, yes. On social. They, yes, give give us all. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying we're on social, we're on Instagram and pages, Facebook pages. I got off Twitter, but I'm pretty big on LinkedIn. I'd love to have them link in with me. And again, if you're out there and you say, oh, my God, is she still alive? <laughs> <laughs> and we, our paths crossed, I would love to hear from you. So, I mean, people that I haven't seen in years and years and years, I love to do that. You're very good. I, I appreciate this very much. Oh, thank you. It was so fun. So wonderful to have you on the show. And, you know, again, such a great topic, applicable to so many. And the kind of thing that if you think you know, maybe you don't know everything about it. <laughs> and <laughs> there's there, there's many customers out there who can tell you that there's areas of opportunity. So, Call the telephone doctor, go to go uh, to nancyfriedman.com. Yeah, nancyfriedman.com will give you everything. And service skills is even on there for those of you who have a larger company. Uh, very grateful to get the word out. Perfect. Well, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Jennifer. Be well. Mm-hmm.